0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Colum Kelly here,
0: the executive producer of the Road of His Radio
1: Podcast Network and co-host of the Road of His Overtime Podcast, along with the phenomenal Sean Siegel. The wait is over. The NFL season is here and there's no better time than the present to sign up for a Rotoviz NFL Pass. You'll get access to all of our content, all of our tools and everything you need to help you for that in-season success. As a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass just by adding the code RVRadio2021 at checkout. Or go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Let's go get those championships. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Where's a tackle?
2: Watch out!
3: Burst of speed. Look at this freshman.
2: Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio.
4: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton Podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football fan. I am your host, Stay Funlico. You can find me on Twitter at Stay Funlico, and I am joined again by my co-host Travis May. The one the only at ff underscore travis m before i continue the intro man we have more important things to talk about you are a proud papa you are back from a, a very long week yeah <laughs> in the hospital but you're back you're ready to go you're anxious to get back on the podcast mm-hmm. it's good to have you man but more importantly i'm glad everything is good with the little man uh, how you holding up I
3: am still awake somehow. I,
4: <laughs> uh, it's been, yeah.
3: you know, I, I, being and just, you know, I don't, I don't care talking about it. My, I had a new, uh, newborn son and he is like 10 days, 11 days old now, uh, 10 days old, I guess. And um, yeah, he was fine for about a half hour and then had to go to the NICU. And, um, you know, that is uh, more common than I thought, apparently. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, man, I. It's not something you plan for. A bunch of people had a, a in the past and are right now having a, a worse time with it than than my wife and I and our son did. But it was um, really rough just to see him go through all that he had to in eight days just to kind of get back to where he needed to be so we could take him home. But we're, he, we he's home and he is healthy. I had a checkup already. So sorry we missed we missed the show last week, but that's why. <laughs> so yeah, glad no. to be back on.
4: Uh, I was so happy yesterday, just uh, just texting with you, like just when we were talking about some football stuff. But you being able to be back home, it's just I'm just so happy for your family. It's uh, some stuff, yeah. Some things are bigger than football, not many, yes, but uh, but some things are. My son (laughs) is
3: currently barely bigger than a football. (laughs) right, 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 yeah.
4: Uh, That's good. Well, um, if you are joining us for the first time, the College to Canton podcast is a show about the journey of the best football players and prospects from being a college football recruit all the way to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We always talk talk some fantasy football because this is a road of his radio podcast, but we do dive into some real college football and NFL analysis to to today's show. Excuse me while I stumble (laughs) over my words. Um, Today's show you have lovingly titled the Bull Season Boomers. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. What, what were you thinking about when uh, kind of coming up with the concept of, for today's podcast? Yeah, so both season boomers
3: doesn't really have to BSB. do. Yeah, BSB. Doesn't really have to do with uh, their age uh, at all. It just has to. Although some of them might. Some of them might, are old. Too. Yeah, you know what? There are a couple of guys we might talk about that are a little bit older today. But, you know, just every single year, this time of year, after college football season over it is over, college uh, championship weekend is over, you know, Heisman. Uh, hype dies down and the bowl games begin, there's always a few players that just boom, they absolutely go off in their bowl game or like, you know, for the entire duration of the college football playoff. And they, they go from, you know, maybe this guy's a day three pick to Holy cow, this guy's a first rounder, or, you know, there's somewhere in between and we see guys like last year, the best example was Trey sermon, right? Trey sermon absolutely exploded and I uh, got day two capital for no reason, no reason at all apparently because they ended up starting Elijah Mitchell half the year anyway, instead who they, the 49ers picked much later, but it's whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I ended up yeah. with zero shares of Trey Sermon because people overcorrected like they always do because you know, this bowl season boomers thing is real. Like, like there's this explosion and we, we don't know if it's real. And so we're, we're here to help you sift through that and kind of know what to expect from a few players and, uh some names to watch that could really see their stocks rise and um you know ones that to actually believe in that if it actually happens so that that's where, yeah where it was
4: yeah no I I thought it was a great idea as a Jacksonville Jaguars fan um I just think of Blake Bortles with UCF like when he had that great end to the season and all of a sudden we're drafting him like way early and yeah now Bortling is a thing Bortling (laughs)
3: Bortles (laughs) you're always the good
4: place Oh yeah, 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 that that was the only reason I watched was was for uh, what's his name?
3: Was it Jason? Is that his yeah, name? Yeah, Jason Mendoza yeah, from yeah.
4: Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just good stuff. You know, um, you know.
3: Every time I threw a Molotov cocktail, you know, every time I had a problem <laughs> and I threw a Molotov cocktail, boom! I had a different problem.
4: <laughs> I actually did see that episode. Yeah. That is good. Um, all right, let's let's start off with some of the. Um, some of the big news this week, no not coaching. We're going to avoid that for now. We'll we'll get into all that kind of stuff later and transfer portal stuff. But let's talk about some players that have already declared. Yeah. Um sure. The the big one today that I heard of course was Drake London. Um he's a one of my absolute favorite wide receivers, obviously. Wide receiver for USC currently injured. Uh, but went ahead and declared anyway. Uh, Matt Corral, of course, uh, he hasn't officially declared, but he did say he was playing his last home game. So unless he's entering the transfer portal, which he's not, uh, he will be the number one quarterback drafted, in my opinion. I don't know what you think about that, Travis, but um, I think he's going to be one of the first ones taken.
3: Uh, Yeah, I think Matt Corral uh, is going to be the first quarterback taken. I think right now, um, a lot of the mock drafters that are riding all the pieces right now, and even some of the big talking heads that just put out stuff, you know, just throw stuff at a wall, um, it, it, because I haven't really done any work at this point, uh, you know they're they're all saying there's just a lack of blue chip prospects in this class, but there's you know there's yeah. a few at the very top, and that really it looks like that's the case. Like there's when I was I, I just scraped thirty plus mock drafts here recently just to get an idea of what consensus was. Uh, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau is up there for Oregon, edge rusher. You know, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, obviously yeah. way up there. Kyle Hamilton, way up there. Uh, Evan Neal. Offensive tackle, um, and then Matt Corral, and uh, there's one more, but basically there's like six people all at the, at the very top, and then there's a major tear break. Like, and mm-hmm. Matt Corral was the only quarterback that, that was just super chalky. Yes, this guy is a top ten pick. Like, he was just a first draft, first round draft pick, in every single one of the thirty plus mocks I found, um, and unlike a few of the other ones like Sam Howell, like Malik Willis, like Carson Strong, like. Uh, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, guys, you know, they'd be sprinkled in, it, but but there's a vast range of picks where, where the other quarterbacks would go. Matt Corral, uh, I, I'm confident he's an early first-round pick.
4: And and what's kind of fun about that is in a lot of Debbie leagues, he is available.
3: <laughs> like, you'll be
4: able to get him in your rookie drafts because in a lot of Debbie leagues, people weren't taking him because if you only have 12 teams, three Debbies, four Devies. Um, he wasn't a top 36, wasn't a top 48 pick in most of them. So uh, mm-hmm. he he could be fun for people to be able to get some sneaky value, kind of not sneaky value, but just value with those first picks, uh, kind of like Zach Wilson uh, was last year. I mean, who knows if that's actually going to work out or not. But anyway, I, I, I like it when these guys are, are like a Joe Burrow who they kind of come up out of nowhere. They're not in Debbie Leagues. Of course, yeah, c, to c, leagues. <laughs> in c to c Leagues. In C2C Leagues, of course, they're taken already, but. Yeah, um, yeah, but let's let's go through some of these names. Um, I, I mentioned um, Drake London. Man, don't Drake,
3: don't skip Drake, Drake London. Dude had like 120 targets by the way in eight games. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, and and with a rotating quarterback room. Yeah, like I mean, it was insane. Over almost 1100 receiving yards in his first eight games. Like he was leading the nation in receiving yards. I think for like two or three weeks after he went down with injury. Like <laughs> it was it was just like uh, Derrick Henry in the rushing title. Uh, it's just like he's just like still second or third right now in rushing yards. It was like yeah. that for a long time with Drake London. Yeah, it's crazy. So exploded, man. Um, I mean, is it too easy just to call him like if people have, who haven't watched him play just like Mike Evans Jr. Like, is that too easy it, of no, a comp? No, I. Not, well, it might be too easy because it's probably a really good one. Um, yeah, and and the dude not he didn't get much separation, but he will catch anything. Yes. <laughs> like, oh yeah, and Mike Evans like it. it it's hard to really comp anybody to Mike Evans because let's be real, the dude had seven straight 1,000 yard seasons. Like that's not normal. Like that that right, doesn't happen right. e- ever. And so uh, we're not saying he's going to have that outcome. He just he plays very, very yeah, similarly. similar, similar, similar athletic profile. Yes,
4: um, is how I would put that. And then uh, a couple other wide receivers that are, of course are worth mentioning. Uh, your boy David Bell. Um, yeah, for declared... dude Boiler Up. Question: Are you? So Purdue's been producing some some pretty good wide receiver talent lately. Seeing him go early, does that make you happy as a Purdue fan? We're like, yeah, come to Purdue because you can leave early. Or do you wish he would stick around another year just so that Purdue would be a little bit better off?
3: No, see, I see. I think it's just better for the health of the program. It's like we have a long term. You know, like we can get these guys back and they declare. It's just it's just mm-hmm. how it goes. Like if you're good enough, you declare early. Like that's just we here at Rotoviz love guys that declare early like the nfl loves guys that declare early that are young enough to uh and good enough early to make an impact uh, because it means they're probably going to do it again uh but uh pour one out real quick for my boiler boilermakers because they did just after getting the number one rank in college basketball for the first time in program history Rutgers. they just lost two Rutgers. Rutgers. <laughs>
2: but yeah, anyway but this I, isn't the college I, basketball I podcast
3: and i'll probably cry mm-hmm. if we continue for too long so david yeah, no, bell no, no. <laughs> good good back to the good things but i i, I saw uh pro football focus Um, uh, i can't talk pro football focus getting lit up because they had him like wide receiver 10 or something which is absolutely hot steaming garbage but um absolutely yeah uh you know it's it's their grading system it's not even necessarily that he's like that on their big board it's just you know, it's just, you know, I think they do all that for clicks mainly, but they calling him like a, a wide receiver 10 in this class is hilariously bad. Like there's no Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Like there's, there are seven wide receivers in this class. And then there's a. I if there, if you put anyone else up there, like wide receiver eight, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Um, And he's in that cohort. So.
4: Yeah, uh, I totally agree. Another guy that uh, declared early, someone who I was wrong on this year, I just didn't, Know where the production would come from. I thought the talent was there. Didn't know if the production would be just because that Arkansas offense uh, troubled me. Uh, but he put up eleven over eleven 1, hundred yards, eleven touchdowns, sixty ah, six receptions. I'm talking about Traylon Burks declared as well. Um, yeah. I know you like him quite a bit.
3: Yeah, I mean Traylon Burks. He is this size speed freak. You know he's six three, two hundred almost two hundred forty pounds ish or something, and he just pulls away from defensive backs once he catches the ball. Uh, I don't know what is that.
4: Is that speed? Does that translate? Does that speed translate to the NFL? You think, I know he's playing in the sec. So probably, I think
3: so. Like he's, he's pulling away from Bama backs, like Bama defensive backs. Like, uh, he, uh, that one, uh, kind of back shoulder throw that he snagged, he snagged and then just pulled away from the entire secondary in that Bama game. It's like, he, that translates like that, that next level speed and, and elusiveness at his size. Like that's awesome. Like we all knew that he had tons of potential. He got a bunch of slot work uh, last year, and so people were like, well, can he, you know, really do all the things that he's going to need to be doing at the NFL level? I don't, I don't care where he lines up. Like if he's a big slot, almost like a tight end at the next level, he'd find success there. If he's a right. you're just pure X outside guy, he's going to find success doing that as well. And he's shown uh, he can do all things at the wide receiver position at, at, at his size with the crazy speed. And uh, he can high point every single game. I feel like he he just mosses somebody. So yeah, uh, there's no way he he's not a top yeah. three wide receiver. I like that. Um, okay, so I I think this next guy I want to talk
4: about is one of the most underrated stories of the year because um, Matt and I were kind of making fun of him for like being like, oh, you can't hack it at Oklahoma, so you're leaving. <laughs> um, and then uh, little did we know that. You didn't want to be in Oklahoma if you wanted to be a receiver this year. No, actually Charleston Rambo in his year in Miami accumulated just about the exact same number as his first three years while at Oklahoma. So he finished with 79 for 1172. The only thing that's different. So yeah, so he had, oh, math is so hard. He had 76 career receptions (laughs) and just over 1200 yards. Yeah, and nine touchdowns in his first three years. Um, of course, one of those was a, a redshirt year, but um, mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, but then this year, yeah, he he hit all those numbers. Up the touchdowns were a little bit lower. So Charleston Rambo, absolutely huge year. Ended the the end of the season with just just ridiculous numbers. Over a hundred yards in four of his final five games. One of them he had ninety five yards in, so just missed. But another one against Georgia Tech, he had two hundred and ten like the man just balled out to end the season Charleston Rambo I think um not as big as some of these other guys we're talking about but he 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 adds a different element and now we have talked more about Charleston Rambo on this podcast <laughs> than we ever had than the <laughs> than, than, than the other wide receivers that are most definitely going ahead of
3: Yeah there. but <laughs> you know I mean it's and he's he's one of those guys that I'm not sure like some of these guys who have declared early already I don't know it's going to be weird because we don't even know if they're going to play in their bowl game like they could help their stock though if they if they do like because if he plays Wazoo like Washington State, like I think he could crush their secondary. Yeah. Like I think he could find success uh, and and have another huge bowl game. And then people look around and go, "Oh wow, Charleston Rambo! Not only does he have a cool last name, he set the single season yeah. receptions and receiving yards record for Miami this year, all time. Like there is never. Miami used to be the wide receiver you, and he has the record for most receptions in a year. He has the record for most receiving That's yards crazy. in a year, and he did it right out, of the, fresh out of the transfer portal, first year with a brand new quarterback. It's not even the first quarterback. Like Dr. King went right. down. He's he's getting he's yep he's getting touchdowns thrown to him by Dick Van Dyke. I mean Tyler Van Dyke. <laughs> he, I, I, every time, and by the way, I can't like every and, time I, s- I see his name, I'm like, that's Dick Van Dyke throwing him touchdowns yeah. right now. But and, Tyler Van Dyke uh, throwing him touchdowns, and you know he's looked good. But I think he's incredibly underrated. He's he will be. Uh, a riser i think throughout throughout draft season
4: yeah and like well i said like he's not as big as the other guys he's no slouch like he's 6'1 185 like he's a little slider of frame but he's still he's still got plenty of size um okay what are we doing with justin ross man
3: yeah justin ross so i actually spoiler alert uh these i do the top 100 rookie series and um, I did 81 through 100, came out last week before I had my son. And then 61 through 80 just came out yesterday. And uh, and I would love to rank, you know, Justin Ross in like the top 20, but instead he's not even in the top 60 uh, for rookies. Yeah. When you mix in like defensive players, especially because I mix in defensive guys too. So I don't have him in my top 60 rookies for next year because like I'm not sure he's ever going to be the player that – we thought he was going to be ever again. Like uh, he had a great true freshman year, especially down the stretch in the playoffs had a not as good sophomore campaign, you know, has the retirement situation with his neck. And then this year was incredibly inefficient. And that whole offense right. was for Clemson, but he was not great. And then he got injured again with his ankle. So um, yeah, if, if he's playing and clicking it on all cylinders, he could be a first-round talent, or he could just never have an NFL catch.
4: Yeah, I I totally see that. Um, I, I think it'll be it's gonna be a long road for him. I wish him luck. I wish him the best. Yeah, but, uh, this season didn't help him any. Um, now someone who kind of is in the opposite side of the spectrum, someone we hadn't really known too much about this year. We talked about him uh, a few weeks ago, uh, but he's just been like producing like crazy, and that's Jalen Tolbert. Uh, let's yeah. talk about him. Do you 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 think he has a legitimate um, opportunity to become a, a pretty high pick? Uh, this is a name most people probably don't know.
3: Yeah, so Jalen Tolbert came in, and he was the first 1,000-yard uh, w- receiver for a very young program in South Alabama. And South Alabama is still bad. <laughs> and so he's not even going to get a chance to – um really showcase his talents throughout bowl season so he he actually could be somebody who um you know we see his draft stock kind of tumble just because we're not seeing him however uh i believe he actually either graduated early or whatever he he was actually he's not a senior i don't believe but he actually got a senior bowl invite um to go play at this year's senior bowl. So he will be there. And and if, I don't know if you guys have watched much senior bowl action, but every single year, there's a bunch of one-on-one stuff and uh, everyone get gets pumped about a player here and there. Um, I and
4: mean, that's how D Eskridge made a name for himself. Last yeah.
3: Year. D Eskridge got drafted in the second round for absolutely no freaking reason um, because he had a good senior bowl. And so like that could be a guy to watch during the senior bowl. Um, so there, because there's a bunch of, okay guys there like if you you can actually go check out all the accepted invites already but like Alec Pierce for Cincinnati is going to be there not an NFL player uh Bo Melton who's okay for Rutgers he was a volume underneath guy not really an NFL player uh Vellis Jones not really an NFL player Trey Turner like he's a special teams guy maybe Trey Turner maybe the, you know there's a bunch of guys this year the, the wide receivers so far I have uh, so
4: much Trey Turner and C to C. I would like him to please be a success.
3: <laughs> you know, Jahan Dotson's going to be there, and so like yeah. that's he's going to be the star uh, so far. Like Romeo Dubs or Dubs or Dubs or whatever, he's going to be there. Calvin Austin, the third, is going to be fast. He's he's going to burn some people because he's like five nine and and like a, a like, J- he weighs about a J- pound J- and like a half. he's going
4: to be Jalen Rager. Oh my (laughs) gosh.
3: But no, so there's a few guys, but there's a chance that Jalen Tolbert, it looks like one of the best wide receivers at the senior bowl. So that's when we're going to get the look at him. Uh, And that's when I'm going to be really excited. And I am going to actually believe in the hype If he does generate some, because he deserves it. He's dominated for one of the worst programs in college football. um, And one of the youngest programs in college football. And there's no one around him to garner any attention whatsoever. He's just like, Hey, it's my ball. My game. I'm taking this over. Right.
4: Yeah. Well, that's good, man. Let's talk some running backs here. Um.
3: We've got uh Ricky Person from <laughs> NC State, right? Yeah. Which is weird, cause like everyone else yeah. likes Bam or Zonovan, Knight. Right. Knight more. What's What's funny is like Person's actually good. Like he he's decent. He can catch the ball. I I really liked him as a recruit. Uh, he's he's somebody who every year there's like that one running back that. Uh, gets drafted in like round five ahead of somebody's favorite sleeper uh, or six or ahead of somebody's favorite like running back prospect like you know benjamin or something like that stop it that hurts (laughs) that's too close to home (laughs) too soon okay but uh and and and, like trenton cannon was that guy a couple years back you know it's like what like i knew i know who that is but (laughs) what and yeah and so like ricky person is going to be that guy this year that nobody liked in Debbie leagues outside of like when he was a freshman, everybody liked his teammate better. And then he gets drafted ahead of his teammate anyway, and uh, gets some reps in his first year. And we're all sitting here in, in like October, like, how did this happen? How is he on my roster right now? Right. Yeah, (laughs) I like it. Uh, Another guy
4: we've got again, kind of a surprise. uh, The hurricane zone Cameron Harris. What do we think about this? You and I kind of were into him for like three weeks last year.
3: Yeah. So he actually looked good uh, early, early last year. And he got like dinged up pretty early, though. Uh, And then he got dinged up again this year. And so it's just like, man, like when he's healthy and he gets a full head of steam behind him, he he can be really good. And he can be um, athletic enough to make plays. But at this point, he just looks like a day three back, most likely. Uh, If he kills it in his bowl game, though. He could recapture some of that magic because we've seen that the, the peaks of his career have been really, really good. And so yeah, he's going to have one more opportunity to uh, put put a, uh, you know, kind of like a stamp on the end of his career that could actually get him some capital.
4: Yeah. Uh, we only have one tight end uh, to talk about. That's Cade Otten from the University of Washington.
3: Yeah. I mean, there are a couple I mean, others Washington- that I don't think are going to get drafted very highly. Like James Mitchell. Uh, and missed like the whole year this year he he is there too but i'm mean, k like he he had like over 50 percent of washington's offense in their like four game sample last year and so the expectations right. were crazy high for him right but then he came in and he wasn't healthy all this season and even when he was in the game he wasn't 100 100 like i think he, he finished the year with like 250 something receiving yards and like one one score uh not great but um it was a rough offense. Yeah, it was a rough fair. offense. I mean, the, the coach got fired. He's gone for a reason. Overall,
4: yeah, overall, it was rough. But, but yeah, he, but he, he didn't help. He had 250 total yards and yeah. one touchdown this year.
3: Yeah, and so I wouldn't be surprised, though, if even though he finished on a, kind of a sour note, like he is, he's like a third-round pick. Like I would not be surprised at all because he's 6'4", 250, and he's got the athleticism, right. and he was like the anchor of that receiving offense and can do that uh, and can block. So I think he grades out well across the board. I'm just a little bit too scared to rank him too high uh, right now. Uh, But, you know, tied in five, six, somewhere in that range, I could see him coming off the board. Yeah,
4: no, absolutely. Uh, Why don't we take a quick break right here, and then on the other side, we'll jump into our bowl season boomers. Yes, sir.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: access to a center is easy and affordable interested in experiencing the ee system technology for yourself go to unifiedhealing.com slash blue wire to learn more and find a center near you that's unifiedhealing dot com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment, and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
4: All right, we're back for some bull season, Boomers. Let's start off with one of the big playoff games. We've got the uh, we've got Cincinnati Bearcats against the Alabama Crimson Tide. And the player, oh, there's a couple of players you want to talk about in this game. But let's start off with the running back for Cincinnati, Jerome Ford. He has had just some monster games this year. I know you and I do a lot of DFS. And there were weeks where if you did not have Ford in your lineup, uh, it, you weren't winning because he was getting four touchdowns. <laughs> like <laughs> he he was he was pretty dynamic this year. Uh, what do you think he could do, or what do you think he needs to do to get this 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 bump, this bull
3: season boomer bump? Can I add another B to the bull season tenets? boomer bombastic bump? I, I don't know. I, yeah, there we go. There Something we go. like that. Uh, so I think if if he Cincinnati doesn't have to win for him to see a, a big boom to. His, to his uh his stock but if it is close i mean the line's like two touchdowns but if it's closer than that and it's closer than that because jerome ford busted a huge touchdown run uh, late in the game or he had over 100 yards and some receiving yards or a long receiving touchdown some dynamic play that got the uh you know everyone talking about him uh he could See a rise like he had almost like 20 touchdowns this year, he had like over 1200 rushing yards this year, and he's facing off with his former team. Like some people kind of forget that he was uh, a Bama backup behind Najee Harris, like one of those forgotten guys that would kind of get some junk time, uh, you know, a couple times a year. But, um, uh, you know, people are gonna knock him because of his lack of receiving production in his career. He actually only, only had 28 catches. Uh, In his college career, but he played receiver in college. Like he he did that some alongside also being a running back. And so I I I fully believe he's got the skill set to be a complete feature back in the NFL. Uh, So if he you know has the the revenge game against uh, Alabama that I think is possible, Um, and and he is he's a home run hitting threat. If he has one or two of those big plays, I think he's going to gain some hype and could be a day two pick. Uh, after I just mean, this one game,
4: I remember, I forget who you were talking to. It may have been John lob, uh, earlier this year, like before the season started, y'all were talking about some, like, um, I don't remember who you were talking to actually, but we'll pretend it was John. Um, you guys <laughs> were like talking about like, um, like just evaluating running backs. And one of the big things is like, man, if they're not in a power five school, we get really nervous about it. But Jerome Ford, I remember, uh, was one of the exceptions to that mm-hmm. rule. And y'all were saying how he actually has, um, from any of the of the group of five schools, he has the opportunity to actually really pop this year. Mm-hmm. And I think you're absolutely right. If he can put together a, a decent game, and not only is he good at those big plays, but he's their goal line back, too. Like, he, uh, he, he can get those tough yards. I think Jerome Ford uh, could be in for a, a nice uh, boom, as you say. Another guy that uh, we really, really like here. Another one, kind of like what we were talking about with Charleston Rambo, like these transfers that you're like, oh, you couldn't. You couldn't hack it at your old school. So now you're going to go and like dominate uh, Jamison Williams, uh, wide receiver, Alabama. He has absolutely been crushing this year and kind of uh, has any player, I mean, maybe Kenny Pickett,
3: but has any player improved their stock more than Jamison Williams this season? Oh, no. No way. No. Because I mean, like he would, had he chosen to stay at Ohio State, he would at best be their wide receiver for, and maybe not right. even that. Um, and he realized that he realized, okay, this Jack Jackson Smith and Jay Witt kid, uh, he's already better than me and he's already out snapping me. And so I'm going to go play uh, for somebody else. And I thought it was kind of crazy when he went to Alabama. I was like, what are you doing? Like they already have matchy. They just brought in four amazingly rated uh, true freshman wide receivers and all four of them bombed. Like, yeah, like, I mean, Jacore Brooks had one good game. Yeah, right. Brooks had one game Ajayi after Hall. Jameson was suspended. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, Jojo Earl on a punt. <laughs> and Earl was at least splitting slot time before you know, with Slade Bolden before he went down with injury, but they completely bombed Jameson Williams, just dominated, averaging over 20 yards per reception, almost 1500 receiving yards, 15 scores, like just putting up a ridiculous year, clearly better than John Mechie has already been generating some round one hype and top 20 overall hype. And uh, you know, he's he's getting double covered and scoring anyway. Uh, And if you, if he does that for two more games in the college football playoff, and there's always somebody that gets that crazy bump. Like I remember even in one of the most crazy quick rises of, of just absolute hype. Like this guy's like the running back one overall, there's not even a debate. Don't talk to me about it. Was Ezekiel Elliott, like in his college football playoff, like run, uh, in the year before he was even eligible like he like he just went off and was like oh yeah next year he's a running back one don't even talk to talking to about talk to me about anybody else uh jameson williams could be that guy where we love like seven wide receivers in this class but if he smashes two games in a row and is the reason alabama wins outside of bryce young oh, well, and will anderson of course probably uh on the defensive side mm-hmm. I've uh, never heard of him. Yeah. Uh, he must not have been invited to New York City for the Heisman. Oh my gosh. You Don't don't get me started. I could spend forty five minutes talking about <laughs> why like, that's wrong. But uh James Woolley, I mean he he's got a really good shot at just being like, Oh wow, he's like a better version of uh Jalen Waddle. He's a top ten pick. Let's go. Cause he is. Yeah. He's better than Jalen Waddle. So
4: Yeah. I mean it's it's interesting. I, I I'm excited to see what happens with him. And uh yeah, just what an incredible, what an incredible season. And I think he will boom. Like a lot of these things, like, well, if they boom, they could. I think he will. I think, um, of all the players we're talking about, he has, it's the most likely that he, because that's what he's done all year. Like, he has been their offense. He has been absolutely incredible. Uh, let's move on to uh, one of your boyfriends, Rashad White. <laughs> one of them. State. Implying I have <laughs> more than
3: one. Oh, well, man. just
4: him and Jordan Addison. I mean, those two, they're yeah. there. And Xavier I Worthy. I think it's, that's right yeah. well i mean he's still just a he's still a child he's a freshman <laughs> 18 <laughs> uh, this is getting weird <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh. anyway
3: so rashad
4: white arizona state they're playing against wisconsin he's the running back that that you were high on while the rest of us were tracing ch- tracing no chasing after travion um uh, diamante, tra- train diamante train It's
3: diamante handful. Thank just you. call him chip
4: yeah yeah okay so let's move on to Rashad White.
3: Uh, what do you think he can do for himself in this, uh, in this bowl game? Well, so Rashad White, um, what's hilarious is he plays in the Pac-12, so no one cares, and everyone goes to bed by the end of the first quarter of his games, if not before. And so like, no one has actually watched Rashad White for most of his career. Because like, last year this he only true. had four games. He averaged like 11 yards per touch and was like the, the most efficient offensive weapon in the entire nation last year. Uh, comes out this year uh, chip train is healthy and so they're trying to do a little timeshare and then they realize holy cow every time we give this Rashad guy the ball like great things happen so they were like okay by the way here's 30 touches a game for like a five-week stretch and he owns it and has success is one of the most elusive backs in the nation uh, leads all running backs in in receiving yards per game on top of being an incredible incredibly elusive runner with great vision and size and uh, so Rashad White man like he's He's legit. He's a top five running back in the 2022 class and just nobody stayed up late enough to watch him. And what's hilarious is it's like a Thursday night bowl game that starts, starts at 930 Central against Wisconsin. So again, again, again. nobody, no one will watch. (laughs) Nobody's going to watch. But I'm telling you, watch the Arizona State's bowl game against Wisconsin. I know it's Wisconsin's offense and it's going to be gross on that side besides one braylon allen if he's you know going to be in that game who's an amazing uh prospect that we talked about just i think two weeks ago but mm-hmm. seriously rashad white has a chance because if he kills it against wisconsin's really sturdy run defense and then he he's actually going to the senior bowl like we talked about Jalen Tolbert going to the senior bowl and then if he shows up there and is like the best running back there which he actually has a great opportunity to do like if you look at the guys who have already there, there aren't many running backs who have committed but the list is not great. It's like Devonte Price from Florida International, who's okay. Like he'll get, he'll stick as an undrafted free agent. Damian Pierce again, he'll stick. He'll stick somewhere as an undrafted free agent out of Florida. Uh, James Cook. Well, hey everybody, it's Dalvin's brother. Uh, that's about all he has going for him. Abram Smith ran behind the best offensive line in the country this year for Baylor. He's okay but so far it, it looks like he could be the best running back there. Oh yeah. And Brian Robinson also accepted a senior bowl invite, but he's again, just kind of, eh, he went to Bama. He's, yeah. he's got a cool helmet, yeah. whatever. But um, Rashad white is, is the best back there at the senior bowl. So he's going against him. steam at some point, Uh somebody's going to start realizing, Holy cow. This guy's one of the best in the game.
4: Yeah. No, I love it. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I don't love it because I was a. Anyway, we don't have to get into my. <laughs> because you, you won't Devi train him. It's it,
3: you actually yeah. have train him in leagues. Oh yeah, multiple. Oh man, multiple. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah yeah okay. I'm, well, sorry. I'm sorry. I hate to, to rub it in, but I love to rub it in. Yeah. I, I have like I four Rashad White in Debbie leagues.
4: <laughs> you know, you know who I want to name two players that no one has in Debbie leagues because they both play for Western Kentucky, and that's Bailey Zappy and his. Wide receiver, five foot nine, Jareth Stearns. Who, if he does in the bowl game what he did against UTSA last week, will finish the season with about two thousand yards receiving. Like the <laughs> guy is yeah. just putting up numbers like a maniac. If you had him in college, to Canton. You well, congrats. Yeah. And you are
3: probably sitting on a little bit of cash right now. Yep. I had him and Bailey Zappy in the same <laughs> league Instead in Mongo. <laughs> uh like I had I think I had that's two- what
4: you call a, a winning
3: stack right there. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's it's the best DFS stack every single week. But Bailey Zappy and Jareth jareth Stearns, not Jared, Jareth, Jareth Stearns. Um that connection's been fantastic. Uh Zappy had like what five, five thousand yards or something silly. Um, yeah and uh, i mean a and lot they're of people playing State. and yeah they're playing upstate in their bowl game so if they go off against one of the best defenses at their level of play uh around their level of play uh it will be uh, a great thing for both their stocks because zappy he reminds me of somebody who could be a menchu like get the stock he doesn't have like all the physical uh stature and all like the crazy rocket arm or whatever but he's he can just run an offense. He can, he can hit all the throws uh, and he does it at, at high volume and he's done it for, for a few years now. Uh, we just didn't really care cause he was playing for Houston Baptist for, for a lot of the time. Right. But Houston Baptist, seriously, they, they threw the ball like 54 times per game last year. Uh, and they actually did pretty well against some, some power five competition. And, uh, then all their entire offense transferred to Western Kentucky with their offensive coordinator and took Western Kentucky from a really bad five and seven team to a really good eight and 14 that like had a seven game winning streak and went to the conference USA title game only to lose to a one loss. You at UTSA game uh, team, but, uh, Bailey's happy quarterback, Jared Stearns wide receiver, both of them deserve, I think at least round five capital.
4: Yeah are you worried or worried at all that Zach Kitley, the offensive coordinator for um, Western Kentucky has taken the job at Texas tech and probably won't be coaching this game. Like won't be calling plays or do you not really think it will matter that much because it's one game and it's against app state. What do you, what do you think? I or, think it's just one system's game system's already in place. It's
3: becoming, they know what the drill is like all like, Hey, look, it's Tinsley. It's it's Stearns. It's a lot of the same base plays. They run a lot of action off like a bunch of stack plays. They, a bunch of the same looks with, uh, just kind of stacked it's 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 not a crazy it's an air raid offense you know Uh, it's not crazy complex um it's a lot of quick hits to jared stearns underneath and a lot of uh double moves to michael tinsley over the top and and that's just what they do and it's it's going to be fine but i think they'll they'll have some success yeah uh
4: i hope you're right because that's that's a fun offense to see when they're clicking and it will be fun to see um it'll be fun to see what uh what kitley can do at texas tech Especially if like Quinn Ewers does end up there or something like that, okay. that could be that could be dumb. Yeah, <laughs> that w- that would be pretty fun. Yeah. Um, let's move over to um, kind of a game that uh, you, you we get to see um, Kyron Williams, one of the running backs that you like an awful lot, go up against a pretty tough Oklahoma State defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma State team that was inches away, maybe, from yeah. making the playoff. I don't know if they would have made it in. I mean, uh, that that does They would have Jackson... had an argument.
3: Oh man, when Desmond Jackson dove for the pylon, just barely missed it by two inches or something. Yeah. I was like, oh, you know, what this it. Oh man. No, 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 it's not.
4: So but, I was hanging Christmas lights on my roof when that happened. I was watching on my phone. I was like, oh my God. I was like, I almost fell off the roof. Um, but I, I had a lot of money on Baylor money line. So I was not, I was not disappointed. But it felt like a very un I felt very lucky, very fortunate to yes. get that one. But let's talk Kyron Williams, another running back that you've been excited about for a couple years now. Mm -hmm. Um, He gets his opportunity here against Oklahoma state and in a pretty big, um, pretty big bowl game here Uh, Two really good teams this season. Uh, What do you think he can do for himself? And and what do you think kind of the outlook, the realistic outlook uh, maybe even regardless of this game, like maybe if he has just a floor game here and then also a ceiling game, like what impact that could have on, on his draft value.
3: Yeah, so people take one look at uh, his stats somewhere and and like, oh, he's only like 200 pounds, like pass, you know, and they they don't realize that he's like the best pass pro running back in the nation, uh, probably by a good margin. And so teams are going to value that. And there's absolutely no way he doesn't get at least round four capital, if if not pretty safely uh, day two capital this year. Um, and Notre Dame's offense started really gross. Jack Cohn is terrible, whatever, yada yada yada, and uh, it was bad. The offensive line they they were replacing uh, some parts there, uh, but down the stretch, Notre Dame kind of tightened things up, and lo and behold, so did Kyron Williams. Like he went from not having any one hundred yard games uh, to having two back to back that were like two hundred or more, and and he was just like, okay, hey, I'm back. I'm I'm ready for the NFL now. Uh, so he he dominated. Uh, USC he dominated North Carolina he dominated Navy he dominated you know a few other teams this year and uh, showed that hey he, he he's still one of the best in the game uh, and I think for me he's still a top five running back in the class and so if he dominates one of the top 10 defenses in the country in o- o- Oklahoma State uh, yeah uh, I think people are going to be like oh yeah he does have a really complete resume oh yeah he, he right. did have like uh, he was like top 10 in receiving yards and all and and um, all these other things. He's just a really complete back. That's really good at everything. And so I think uh, NFL teams are going to love that.
4: And the fact that like he was able to produce even with a talented back like Chris Tyree there and and, and, and out producing him uh, speaks to like he's able to 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 stand up against some competition as well. This is also a New Year's Six game. They'll be playing you know um, in the Friday Fiesta time. Bowl. So there, yeah, there'll be a lot of eyes on this one. Yeah. For sure, which I mean, uh it it does make a difference regardless of what we might think should make a difference. Yeah, it it's it not gonna be Thursday night
3: at 9.30 p.m. Central.
4: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Correct. Man. Um another another New Year's six. You've got the outback bowl, Arkansas versus Penn State, two wide receivers that we've already mentioned on, on today's episode. We got Jahan Dotson for Penn State versus Traylon Burks, two phenomenally talented wide receivers. Who have to put up with subpar quarterback play, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. um, um, and I I think that's probably everyone's opinion, but I think KJ Jefferson isn't necessarily uh lighting the world on fire with his uh with his yeah. Passing. I mean he's he's a fun, um,
3: dynamic athlete, whatever, but you know.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. He's not an NFL quarterback. Well, I'll eat my words, I'm sure. Um, what do you what do you think about these two guys? This is a fun, this is a fun matchup, and this is exactly how if I'm a marketing guy for this game, this is where this is my angle. It's it's these two guys facing each other. Not each other, but their teams facing each other.
3: Yeah, going back and forth, back and forth between uh, Jahan Dotson makes a play and, ma- and catches a long touchdown. Tr- Traylon Burks mosses somebody because that's all he does. Uh, and it just right. goes back and forth and back and forth. I, I, it's going to be uh, a really fun game just to just to see them both play. If, if they both play, uh, it will be a lot of fun just to see what they can do but I, I will say in a really deep Debbie that we've been drafting, I've referenced it a couple of times. Like I got every episode, every episode, Jahan does. And I got him around 67, uh, that's so crazy. like two years ago or something. And so that's going to work. That's, that's going to work out. So yes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm really excited, excited just to see that back and forth in a primetime game. Yeah. And they're both going to be drafted fairly high anyway, so it'll be fun.
4: Um, I'm curious what you think, um, I mean, we both kind of assume, I, I mean, I assume that George is going to take care of business and advance to the college football final. And and, and and then probably off the back of Zemir White or James Cook, do you think either of these two running backs, maybe both of these running backs, have the opportunity to do kind of what you were talking about at the very beginning of this show, kind of have a Trey Sermon end to the season that maybe gets them some, some, some boost? Uh, I have some
3: Zemir White. I wouldn't be upset about it they both need it right i mean <laughs> that's oh so gosh. true my god <laughs> um neither of them uh accounted for over 30 percent of georgia snaps this year uh, like they were still throwing in some Kendall milton Dajun edwards uh whatever it is like it's just every year i just keep waiting for these guys that we have really high debbie values on like james cook Really high, highly recruited guys. Samir White running back one in his class, but he's torn both Crazy. ACLs at this point. And, and he's just never really been the same, right? Like he just hasn't looked like the same player that we thought he was going to be. And so one of them needs to go off right now. James Cook has, a, has had a couple really difference-making games where he's gone off, I think it was the Tennessee game and maybe one other where he just really looked good. Like, like an actual... Oh, that's a pro running back right there. Oh, that's like Dalvin, but maybe just a little slower. <laughs> you know, I, I, I would hate to live in that shadow because he is just a little yep. bit smaller. He's just a little bit slower. He's just, you know, I, I hate it for him. But, um, you know, he actually had more snaps this year than Zamir White did. I thought that was interesting because, uh, you know, White, everybody thought was going to be the guy. Uh, but yep. Cook actually can catch some passes unlike Zamir White, just who just has not done that. So I think my my bet would be That James Cook has like a long, like seventy-yard receiving yard, uh, receiving touchdown that actually wins the game, and he's the guy that gains the hype, and Zemir White just kind of fades into the distance, Um, and we kind of sadly miss out on what could have been.
4: Yeah, uh, sadly indeed. Uh, Another running back in that same game that deserves to be talked about uh, is one Hassan Haskins. Um, He he played really well uh, while Blake Corum was you know, sidelined by some injuries, even when they were splitting the load, uh, Haskins has been able to be very productive. Do you think he has the opportunity to g- garner some some NFL buzz? Or do you think, you know, the talent's not quite there for him to, to get what maybe, I mean, I don't think many people have Haskins and Debbie, but maybe I'm wrong.
3: No, I don't think they do. Um, I think uh, he just hasn't really ever put it all together, right? Until this year, where he <laughs> somehow, you know, scored 20 touchdowns. Uh, nine of which he scored in the last three games. Uh, yeah, So crazy. he's, yeah, I know. Like, and he hasn't been crazy efficient with it, uh, but he finds a way to score. Um, And, uh, you know, pro football focus and a whole bunch of other people that uh, grade out film, love him a lot because of what he brings uh, after contact, what he brings in between the tackles, especially on a gap runs, like where he's just more successful than the average guy is, especially at his size, like 6'1, 220. he is, uh, just, you know, some might call him a plotter, but I think he's just a a smart runner, uh, a smart feature back sized runner. And so in the right landing spot, he could surprise. I think he's going to be an earlier day three pick. Um, if he has a, a boom finish here, he could go higher. But to me right now, he's still like in the top 12 ish running backs, maybe top 10 ish running backs in this class uh, at this point. But I, he could really help himself out, especially if, if he's the reason michigan takes down georgia you know like that that would be monumental like he would that that hype train would just go off like go crazy he would be this year's trey sermon hopefully have a better uh start to his nfl career than trey sermon but you you know what i mean like with capital (laughs) he could come out of nowhere
4: yeah absolutely i i could see him having like uh getting onto a team and really having to to fight his way but if he was able to beat out whoever whatever team he's on he, he could end up i could see him like having a chris carson type arc you know getting drafted late but winning the job after you know a slow rookie year and then all of a sudden it's yours and then you're injured all the time and it doesn't matter because you play for the seahawks i'm not gonna digress too much uh let's get into some defenders that you want to talk about i'm just gonna let you roll here because uh my my IDP knowledge is uh, limited at best. I do recognize some of the names on here though. Most of them, of course. Sure. Uh, but just, just kind of, kind of walk us through some of this. Uh, you mentioned Aiden Hutchinson at the top of the show. I think you did. Um, I don't know. I think, I think maybe when we were talking now, maybe, you maybe, maybe before we hit else. record, I think. Yeah. But um, just talking about like Heisman and stuff, like, but he's going to be in New York Yeah. speaking of, uh, even though Will Ed that- has,
3: has better stats, than Aiden Hutchinson in literally every category. It's fine. yeah. It's whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I won't be bitter. But it, I, I love talking IDP, individual defensive uh, players, uh, because most people don't play that fantasy football format, but those that do love it. And uh, so I not every single year we get a bunch of just stacked first-round hype-type defenders. But this year we have so many. Like, it's crazy. Like, Nicobe Dean looks like he's going to be a first-round linebacker for Georgia. Just has been – you know, in my opinion, a top five, if not top three, if not top one uh, defender in the nation this year, just his stats, his raw box score stats don't always show that, but what he forces the running back to do, or forces the quarterback to do, getting pressures, and as a pass rusher, being a, a fantastic cover guy in, in zone situations, knowing where to be, like Nkobi Dean, man, he's just been amazing. And again, well, I have him in the that bummer really nerdy league. But anyway, what are you going to
4: yeah. say? <laughs> I, was, I was like, I think a lot of people like me, like haven't watched a whole lot of Georgia because their games aren't very entertaining because they have just been crushing people and they get up 14 points in the first quarter. And then the opposing team doesn't have a chance. So no one's really watched him play, unfortunately, Uh, but definitely a super exciting, super exciting linebacker.
3: Oh, exactly. And then Jordan Davis, who's like, I think he's about 500 pounds and like seven, seven feet tall. I think that's what it is. Uh, so he's going to be a top ten or fifteen pick, um, and then Christian Harris. I love him as a linebacker. He might be in the first round conversation, but he's got a, a few more uh, questions than Dean does. Uh, but Christian Harris for Alabama. Uh, Jordan Battle, who actually had that uh, that pick six in Alabama's last game against Georgia. Um, Jordan Battle at, at safety and Demarco Helms at safety for Alabama. Like both of them could go pretty highly. Uh, Lewis seen for Georgia at safety. Uh, daxton hill my dude uh i love him too like he's been amazing for michigan for the past couple years he's a slot defender slash safety slash box guy like he's all over the field a little bit uh slender for his position but again i have him in that nerdy league and i've had him for my team for two years and so i'm I'm really excited to see him absolutely gain like first round uh hype right now like he's getting mocked and at the back end of first rounds and so that's really cool
4: and we've seen NFL defenses start to adjust to these players that are kind of these hybrid types mm-hmm. where you see it in, in college a lot more. Traditionally, we're seeing a lot more transition to this uh, in the NFL as well. Even like a guy like Jamal Adams, who's like a safety, but he's actually just like an yeah. extra linebacker. You
3: know? Yeah, exactly. And and everyone's going to be talking about Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo because they're the guys coming off the edge, getting to the quarterback in the game, um, you know, making Stetson Bennett, Bennett flush out of the pocket. But Daxton Hill Uh, Is the guy that I I just love watching because he just zooms all over the place. Like wherever they line him up, he's around the ball all day long. Like last year, he had a stretch where he was like eight, nine tackles a game, just constantly because he was always around the ball. Uh, And then this year, he's gotten even smarter just about being where he needs to be in space. Um, So, but yeah, and and then Cincinnati, Ahmad Gardner, Sauce Gardner, (laughs) and Majay Sanders. Sanders doesn't have crazy sack totals, but uh, he had like over fifty pressures in less than five sacks. So. He, he just needs some regression to the mean. Maybe he'll have, at the right time he'll finally get a couple sacks uh, when it counts in the playoffs and and see his uh, draft stock rise too. Is
4: there a reason you uh, you didn't put any Pac-12 players on the defenders list? So I'm just asking. <laughs> well, mainly friend. all these guys are in, <laughs> in the playoff
3: and have a couple maybe have a couple chances in the yeah. playoff to 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 boom. But I could talk well, about some other other Pac-12 sure guys. I-
4: I don't think Kayvon Thibodeau is going to play in the Alamo Bowl. No, probably, so, probably I, not. I think probably not. Uh, He shouldn't. No, he shouldn't. Um, oh, that's good. Let's uh, let's. I, I've got like three minutes. My kids are texting oh, me. Yep, uh, all good. My, my little dude just texted me. It's okay. uh, I'm tired. We'll, I want we'll get, to, go we'll, to go to bed. Yeah, we'll get you to him real <laughs> but, quick then. <laughs> let's let's talk about some of these guys who um, have suffered some some injuries. Um, like Mechie, C.J. Verdell, who are no longer playing, but then also George Pickens, who was injured to start the year, but now is playing. Uh, what do you think is most likely when it happens? C.J. Verdell um, I I still think was the running back two for Oregon. I think Travis Dye is better than him, but C.J. Verdell was out producing him when they were both on the field this year. Uh, last year, that was a different story. John Mechie, of course, we talked about when we were talking about Jamison Williams. Uh, he's been the number two option for Alabama for two years now um, after, you know, the Waddle injury last year. So do you think either of these two guys can overcome these injuries to get decent draft
3: capital? Even before this match, he was like my wide receiver nine or 10. Um, and so I, yeah, he'll be a day two guy, probably just by default because he went to Alabama. Um,
4: do you think he deserves that?
3: I think he does, but it's like, you know, he's around three wide receiver. That that's what he is to me. Like, he's good. Like he should be on a team. He should be in the rotation and uh i just don't i'm I'm not really a
4: comp for him i don't
3: not a good one i've 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 looked at it like and all the outcomes for him based on his production profile aren't great um and then when you look at his actual arc and rise to what he what he has become and even his deployment and and how he's been used as like this low adot underneath guy versus his uh teammate in Jameson Williams like he's it's just a really odd guy to comp um I, I always think of
4: Hunter Renfro and I don't know if that's fair and maybe that's too <laughs> high of a maybe that's too high of a comparison
3: Hunter Renfro's killing it this yeah. year but I, I don't know it's just really hard to count Mechie like I've tried to and it's like I feel like everything sells it short or uh just sets an expectation that's way too high because uh, yeah. I'm not super high on Mechie but George Pickens I am I think he's he had that 30% dominator as a true freshman and uh, proved that he was a, a monster down the stretch last year. So I think he's basically just proving, hey guys, I'm almost there. He's trying to do what, what Jalen Waddle did. Like, hey, I'm almost right. back already. Uh, just just believe in me, I want to get back. I want to compete on my on my team. I'm a team player. Uh, so Pickens is gonna go. He's gonna be a top 75-ish pick for sure, if not higher than that. So Verdell, I think, just comes back, but it's risky because Travis Dive, of course, for Oregon is probably coming back too. So that's going to be a timeshare that he's coming back to. But if he doesn't, like, I think he could be a top seven running back uh, in the class. If he did clear declare just because it's a weaker class. So he's got some decisions to make. I think he
4: wears number seven too. So that would be perfect.
3: Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Sorry. sorry.
4: Um, Do you think George Pickens, we could have, we could have probably talked about him in this boomer section too. Huh?
3: Yeah. Cause like if he, he really hasn't looked like he's completely back to normal. Like maybe one catch, he looked completely back to normal in this past week, but um, yeah. But he's got a couple of weeks now to to to, mm-hmm. to get a little bit more of his
4: legs under him, um, and then he's got two opportunities most likely to uh, to get some more yeah some more snaps, some more some be. more tape out there. He could
3: be because he uh, he fits like that Drake London mold too, so he could like have a couple Mossing type crazy crazy plays where he he's a difference maker, and all of a sudden are people, people are like, oh yeah, George Pickens is good. I forgot. <laughs> Um, and
4: with a wide receiver, you have an Odell Beckham moment and all of a sudden, yeah, you are good. For you know this. what I mean? Like ever, <laughs> yeah. I still draft Odell Beckham.
3: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh.
4: No, this is good, man. It was, it was good. Being able to catch up with you it was good. Um, talking about some of these guys before the playoff and all the bowl games start kind of some names to look out for, uh, see where maybe we should be, uh, paying attention Uh, Maybe if some of these guys don't blow up, maybe that's an opportunity to buy a low on them, depending on how far they fall in the NFL draft. But uh, this is a good conversation. Um, Of course, uh, we do appreciate all you guys for listening. Please do rate and review the podcast. Uh, We do appreciate all of you guys listening. You can find us both on the Rotoviz Radio main feed. We also do have our own College to Canton feed. Do uh, follow along both of those. Typically, we get the College to Canton feed out a little earlier So, uh, so definitely be following us on that. So you don't uh, miss an episode. Thank you guys so much for
3: listening before we take off the Travis, uh, anything you want to leave the listeners with? Nope. Just, uh, watch all the bowl games and soak it up. Enjoy the holiday season. And, uh, just reach out to me at FF underscore Travis M on Twitter. If you want to talk some college football, NFL prospects incoming this year, especially if you want to talk to me about, about, uh, defensive players, because not enough people talk to me about that stuff. But uh, okay,
4: I am going to leave you with a question here. Uh, are you the type of degenerate that bets on bowl games or is there just too much unknown with like motivation factors and all that that you try to stay away? Um,
3: if I do, I, I do try to sift through the teams that have absolutely quit.
2: Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? Ew, seriously. They squeeze the grease out of the wool and process it with chemicals and then you eat it. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I got rid of products I didn't want anywhere near my body. I found that many multivitamins contained high amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and even lacked some of the nutrients we actually needed. So what did I do? At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. Ritual's products are made traceable, meaning we share the science and sourcing for every single ingredient. For example, our vegan vitamin D3 comes from sustainably harvested lichen in Nottingham, England. Not sheep. We trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. See for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.